the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Our series is called Arise, Move, and Go. Today, we are back in Exodus chapters 19 and 20, looking once again at the law that God would give the nation of Israel and how it impacts you and I. Today, join us. Ministry of Grace Bible Church in Hayward, online at grace-bible.com. This is Way of Grace with our teacher and pastor, Jessica Stan. We are back in Exodus chapters 19 and 20. These 10 words will do. That is the title of today's message. It's our final look at this message as we continue with our Arise, Move, and Go series. And it is our look at these 10 commandments. Join us for a very encouraging look at what Jesus has done for you and I as it relates to these Ten Commandments. Here's Pastor Jesse and today's Way of Grace. Exodus 9.23. Listen to what the text says. This is about the lease. Uh, and Moses stretched forth the rod towards heaven. This is the time when he's sending thunder and hail. And the fire ran along the ground and the Lord rained hail upon the land of Egypt. By the way, do you, can you imagine the thunder and the storms and the clouds and all that? Israel now is experiencing that same thing. So they're being reminded that the God that they're dealing with now is the God that was dealing with Pharaoh. Y'all got that? Israel is dealing with the clouds and the thunder and all that. They should have hurried up and remember, oh, Lord, do y'all remember what he did to Pharaoh that day? Now, God protected Goshen because he was letting them know when you're my elect, I will protect you from the judgment of the wrath upon your soul. And notice, and the Lord rained hail upon the ground of Egypt, verse 24, watch it. So there was hail and fire mingled with the hail, very grievous such as there was none like it in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. Verse 25, I want to roll it through the narrative. And the hail smote throughout all the land of Egypt, all that was in the field, both man and beast. And the hail smote every herb of the field and break every tree of the field. Was God getting down that day or what? Tearing it all up. Now look at the next verse. Here it is. Only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel was, there was no hell. Does God know how to separate the righteous from the wicked? Verse 27. (laughs) And Pharaoh sent and called for Moses and Aaron and said unto them, I have sinned. I have sinned. This is Jimmy Swagger. I have sinned this time. Watch this. The Lord is righteous. The Lord is righteous, and I and my people are wicked. Sounds good, doesn't it? That's your TBN. That's all your ch- fake religious media on TV. Fake. You hear it all the time. Fake. Like, listen, listen, ladies and gentlemen. If you and I really are perpetrators of false religion, we can cry crocodile tears in front of the camera. We can make everybody want to send in more money because we're pretending to repent. 
But all we're doing is actually wanting you to fill our coffers up with your tears in exchange for money. Did y'all hear what I just said? Listen very carefully. When God's dealing with your tail, he does not mean for you to go public with it. He doesn't want you to tell the world how bad you are, how sinful you are, how wrong you are. You take it to God in your closet and work it out with God alone. You don't need man's approval and you don't need his disapproval. All of that is a scam and religious television so y'all can get off the money and give it to him. They know how to pull the emotional coat strings of shallow-minded religious folk. Am I making some sense? He's talking to Moses. He's not talking to God. Did y'all hear what I just stated? What that means is he doesn't really mean to repent. But Moses is getting ready to demonstrate the kind of human media meteor model that you and I need to have. Notice what the text goes on to say. Verse 28. Let's keep it rolling. Entreat the Lord. For it is enough that there be no more mighty thundering in hell. Stop it, Lord. Stop it, please. And I will let you go. You're going to let him go, Pharaoh, anyway. I promise you, you're going to let him go. And you shall stay no longer. You hear what Pharaoh's saying? Look at verse 29. And Moses said unto him, as soon as I'm gone out of the city, I will spread abroad my hands unto the Lord. And the thunder shall cease. Neither shall there be any more hell that you may know how that the earth is the Lord's. Woo! That's called mediation. That's when God's servant knows the true and the living God. He speaks to the pagan rulers to let the pagan rulers know you don't attribute creation or the maintenance of creation to any other God but the one true and living God. Do you see it? What I want you to capture as I move on is how Moses is already learning how to mediate. Even for wicked men. Mediation is a gracious act of God to those of us who don't deserve it. Mediation is a gracious act of a holy God to those of us who don't deserve it. Pharaoh got to live another day because for a moment, even though it was superficial, he entreated God to stop. Now, God has done that with a lot of people. He's heard their superficial cries. Y'all keeping up with me? And he knew it didn't have any lasting efficacy. He knew as soon as he would relieve them from that initial conflict, burden, trial, difficulty, off they go running back into the same madness. So Pharaoh ultimately still ends up in the river, doesn't he? But God is showing us how that mediation is a gracious act from a loving God. This is so true. Exodus chapter 32, verse 30. I'm going to run through two or three verses to establish that. If you don't know, once Moses leaves Pharaoh, uh, Egypt is destroyed. Moses is going up and down the mountain talking to God all the time for Israel. I I showed you guys this in Numbers chapter 11, verse 1, 2, and 3 the other day, didn't I? God told Moses, man, these people are acting such fools. Let me wipe them out and start all over with you again. Y'all remember that? I told you love is never conditioned. Never uh, unconditional. Here it is again, Exodus 32, 30. This is the point where they have built the golden calf. And it came to pass on the mall that Moses said unto the people, you have sinned a great sin. And now I will what? Go up unto the Lord. What is he talking about doing? Mediating. Mediating. 
See, they got the, they did the right thing back in chapter 20, didn't they? Because they knew they were going to continue rebelling and sinning against God. Listen to it. And now I'll go up to the Lord. Peradventure, I shall make an atonement for your sin. Whoa. Moses is a great type of our Lord Jesus in that the only answer to sin is atonement. Look at the next verse. Verse 31, if it's there. Um, 32, 31. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold like Moses, like God didn't know. But that's what a mediator is. Let me drill it home because this is extremely important. That's what a mediator is. Under sub point B, their request for a mediator was what? It was wise. It was wise. It was absolutely wise. See, what subpoint C tells us is they both failed and passed the test. They failed back in Exodus 19, 8, 8 and 9 in that they couldn't endure that word that was just so tremendous, but it indicated their weakness and their inability to be where Moses was because Moses endured it. Moses didn't run. He trembled, but he didn't run. Why? Because blessed is the man whom the Lord chooses and causes him to draw near to God. When God is When God is calling you to draw near to him, God is going to qualify you to draw near by giving you a mediation that allows you to be in the presence of God without being destroyed. And again, I'm telling you, we'll develop this. Moses is in direct fellowship with Jesus. This is not the father. This is the son. Exodus chapter 33. um, Exodus chapter 33. I want you to see this for yourself. Um, We can start at verse Exodus 33, verse 20, Exodus 33, 20. This is Moses dealing with this again in Exodus 33, 20. This is what God. So let let me see. Go back to um, verse 19. This is what God says. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will show mercy on whom I will what? Show mercy. This is, this is where Moses has asked to see God's glory because God has already destroyed now 25,000 of the Hebrew people because of that golden calf. Now notice what God says. I will make my goodness pass before you. I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and show mercy on whom I will show mercy. Does God have a right to be that way? Does he have a right to show mercy to whom he wants to? Does he have a right not to show mercy? Right, because otherwise mercy is not mercy. If God owes you mercy, it's not mercy. Now, what is God doing? He's conditioning Moses to see his backside, but not his what? His face. Now, who's going to come down but Jesus? And earlier in the chapter, it made it very clear that Moses talked to God as a man talks face to face. Y'all remember that? And so we know that Moses is not seeing Jesus's literal face, but he's hearing his literal voice because he's in his literal presence. But the glory of Jesus is so broad and so full that Moses cannot look at him face to face. And Christ forbid that. Right. It's important for you to know that. So when we hear the term panim face to face is not meaning a literal face to face. It means the fellowship that is not mediated by some other mechanism. 
Moses is sitting there in the presence of the Lord Jesus. And if I can help you capture this optic briefly, Jesus is there in his unmediated glory. He is not in a human nature. This is the pre-incarnate son of God. Are you guys hearing me? Which means his face is not going to be comprehended because it's not incarnated. There's no face to see in an non-incarnated state. All you see is a, a sort of body there in its glory, in its fullness. And that's, he's a person like the father is and like the uh, spirit is, but he's there in a way in which Moses cannot see a physical face with details. The glory is too full. How do we know that? Because Moses will come off the mount and he too will have such glory on his face that he'll have to put a veil on it in order to engage the children of Israel. Y'all keeping up with me. This is how you don't allow the scriptures to contradict themselves. Earlier in the chapter, Moses is talking face to face all through the Bible. No man can see God's face and live. So here we have the account where Moses is being given conditions upon which he can actually get a closer glimpse of the Lord Jesus as he passes by. And that's what he's asking for here in this chapter. Again, verse 20, look at verse 20. And he said, you cannot see my face for there shall no man see my face and live. So Moses is going to put up with fellowshipping with the master without seeing his face because none of us can because we're not qualified yet. I don't even know what glory is going to be like in that regard. I'm disciplined enough to know that you and I are dealing with anthropomorphical terminology that doesn't even allow us to begin to think through fully what those implications are. Okay, many of us know that when Jesus comes and we return and go to him, we're going to be glorified. Is that right? But that's, it doesn't mean we're going to become God. Farther from the truth, we will be qualified to enter into the ineffable bliss, but it doesn't mean we will, we will see Jesus and we will see him as he is because we will be like him. That's the promise of God. Do you believe that? So whatever Jesus is in his glorified state, none of us know now. Even the disciples didn't see it. They saw him in his resurrected incarnate state, not in his glorified state. What we must capture from what I'm saying as we get ready to close is the Bible is clear. We all need a mediator. And God has given us one mediator. Not two, not ten. Some of us get to occupy the blessed gift of mediation. And I want you to capture that. But we are not the ultimate mediator. The ultimate mediator is his son, Jesus. The one mediator between God and man. That's what the Hebrew writer said in Hebrews 12, right? And unto Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. We have come to that Mount Zion. Jesus is our mediator. This allows us to fellowship with God. But what are the grounds upon which Jesus' mediation made that to be the case? Jesus had to assume a human nature. He had to become one just like us. This is the way Job puts it in the book of Job. I need a daysman between me and God. Someone that's like me and someone that's like God. That's what a daysman is, okay? That's Job chapter 9, verse 33. A daysman is someone who can represent God and one who can represent man. Now, I only know, know one person in the universe that fits that description. His name is Jesus, 
He is the God-man, the mediator between us and God. I want to persuade you that you need that mediator. I don't care who you are. You need someone who knows God well enough to speak for God to you. You need someone who knows you well enough to speak to God for you. You need somebody that can lay his hand on God and not be consumed and lay his hands on you and you not be consumed. You need somebody who can stand in the gap having already put away your sins so that he can speak to you on your behalf through his merits. You need a mediator like Moses was doing and like Job is speaking to. Job says, verse, give me verse 32. I want to walk this out and close right here. Verse 32. For he is not a man as I am. He's talking about God. Is that true? God's not a man like us. That I should what? Answer him. And we should come together in judgment. Do you see that? Now we tell men and women every now and then when we get bold enough, it is appointed unto men once to die. And after this, the what? You're going to face God. You're going to face God. He says, for he is not a man as I am that I should answer him. Although Job wanted to talk to God, did he not? That we should come together in judgment. Like there are people who talk like that. You do hear them every now and then. Just pray for them because their computer is spinning. If I could talk to God, I would tell God this. I would tell God that. I would tell God this. I would tell God that. Tell them to read Exodus chapter 20. Right? If you can get past the thunder clouds and the, and the lightning and the smoke, then maybe you can talk to God. But there was 1.4 million people that said, no, I don't think we want to talk to God. I'd rather have a mediator between me and God. This is what Job is talking about. Now, Job is a saved person, but at this time, it's hard for him to see what God is doing. Have you been there? Job's is as saved as anybody's going to be. But right now, it's hard for Job to see God. Look at what he says, verse 33. Neither is there a daysman between us that he might lay his hand on us both. See it? Verse 34. Let him take his rod away from me and let not his fear terrify me. Verse 35. Then would I speak and not fear him, but it is not so with me. You see what Job is doing? Job is struggling with the reality that God is letting him go through some kind of hell that he can't figure out. Then he got three stupid friends that keeps heaping on him all kind of accusations and they were all wrong. And Job is so upset because Job has been praying. He's been seeking God. He's been calling on God and God is not answering him. And so where Job is right here, this is where we're going to close. Job is saying, I need a mediator. I need a mediator. Because I feel like I'm not being heard. Now, children of God, that's the other blessed thing of having a mediator. He ever lives to make intercession for us. When you have a mediator, you can trust that Jesus talks to the Father when you can't. And when you don't sense that you have access to God, know that the Father is always accepting the Son. Also, what I love about verse 34, Job says, I need some conditions met for me to talk to God. Look at it in verse 34. Let him take away his rod from me. Well, that's what happened in the person of Jesus. The rod of God's curse was on us as sinners. And God took that rod and put it on Christ. Do you see it? 
Right. See, lost sinners don't know this. We who are saved know this. God laid on him the iniquity of us all. And by his stripes, we're healed. That's what we know. That's what we know. Let him take his rod away from me and let me let not his fear do what? God speaks peace to us in Christ because he made peace between us in Christ. Christ is the peace of the believer. Jesus says, my peace I give unto you, not as the world give unto you, give I unto you. The peace that God gives us in Christ is a peace that is a result of God taking our sins and putting them on Christ and Christ dying under the wrath of God and God setting us free in the person of his son, Jesus, so that Christ's righteousness becomes our righteousness and we are the very righteousness of God in him. Is that good news or what? Our peace is not the consequence of our feeling. It's the consequence of a fact, of an act accomplished 2,000 years ago on the behalf of many of us who trust God by a mediator named Jesus the Christ. And because of that, he will never leave us nor forsake us, though he will discipline us and correct us. We don't have to ever worry about being rejected by God again. I don't know if you know how good that news is. I don't know if you know how good that news is. God makes us approachable to cry to him through Jesus Christ. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father but by me. Now, what I want you to appreciate as we close with Moses. Moses is going to be running up and down this mountain on the behalf of these crazy people for 40 years. Did you hear me? I'm, I, I see the big picture for 40 years. It's going to be in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 31, where God is going to say to Moses, all right, Moses, it's time for you to go home. They're going to be up on the brink of the promised land. Y'all remember that. And here's what God is going to say. Moses, it's time for you to die You've done your job. You brought them to the brink. 40 years. He says, now when you die, Moses, let me tell you what these crazy people are going to do. As soon as you die, they're going to abandon me. They're, they're going to engage in the very idolatry and adultery and all of the, the stuff that I told them not to do. They're going to do. But Moses, you did your job. You got those people to the promised land. Now Joshua is going to take over from where you are. So God is going to continue the process of what? Mediation. To get them across the River Jordan into their promise, is he not? Now, Joshua is a great type of Jesus, right? Yeshua, the Lord is our Savior. Joshua is going to get him in. And the message for you and me is we're, well, we're making our way through the wilderness right now. And some of us is just as crazy and stupid and sinful as the children of Israel. It's really true. And every day that you and I live in our right mind and in our sound thinking and in a heart that can still contemplate God's goodness, God's been merciful to you. And the only reason that you and I are not destroyed is because we have a mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Am I making some sense? 
And should you die with this mediator on your side, you will cross the river Jordan into the promised land of glory. And when you get there, you will make it plain to Peter and Paul and Ananias and all of those folks who actually made it in. I'm not here by my good works. And I'm not here by my efforts. I'm not here because of my wisdom or my might. I'm only here because of a mediator. That mediator is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one will ever get to the Father but by him. Well, you have been listening to Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. If you have questions or comments about the program, maybe you would like to learn more about us here at Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Reach out to us by simply calling 510-886-9782, or you can visit our website, grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Sunday services here at the church are 1030 in the morning. Friday evening is our Friday evening Bible study at 630. And man, we've got friends of the ministry from all over the Bay Area who join us for this Friday night Bible study. It is an amazing time of God's Word and sweet fellowship in Christ. 6.30 in the evening, Tuesdays, our prayer time and a short Bible study as well. These meetings, again, the directions and information of which you can find at our website, grace-bible.com, or by calling 510-886-9782. This program continues to air here on this radio station and on the World Wide Web because you partner with us financially and prayerfully. Thank you for your support. No gift is too small. No gift is too large. And you can either give on a monthly basis or it's a one-time gift. It is all tax deductible. And again, the biggest part of your partnership with us is that we get to continue ministering the gospel of grace here in the Bay Area and all over the world. Consider that as you contact us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.